so welcome to episode two of You Should Talk to Somebody. I'm sorry it's been a long while. Um, life. <laughs> life happens, you know. Shit doth happen. <laughs> so, this one is kind of just going to carry on from the last one and talk about, obviously, present day and all of that kind of thing. in some ways 
myself in so many, but regressed in some of dealing with emotions. You know, I'm a lot better than I was, but it's still nowhere where it needs to be. So, you know, become a functioning adult for me. So that's something that I wrestle with every day. first met these two, if you'd have, if you'd have said we'd be where we were, <laughs> we'd probably all just laugh and be like, nah. <laughs> but here we are, a few years down the line, um, and hopefully, you know, a few more. If you've got good people in your life, you hold on to them and you treat them well. You treat them well, you honour them, you love them the way they need to be loved way you think they need to be loved, but the way that they need to be loved, the way they want to be loved. That's, I have realised that's really what life and love is about, it's the art of letting go if you need to, holding on if you need to, respecting people's boundaries and how they work, you know, you can't put everybody into the same box. really lucky that they understand that and you know don't keep me in check and like I said support it's not always been that way you know I wasn't always lucky I wasn't always this blessed and I met my partner now it's a trigger warning for some and those are going to judge but I'm not really asked. it is what it is Everything happens for a reason. So I met my partner um, a couple of years ago. We were both in respectively different relationships. Um, uh, he was with somebody else. He wasn't happy, but he was with somebody else. I wasn't happy. 
I was in a toxic abusive relationship um, the first person that I ever had a relationship with and I had decided that I had enough of trying to change him and have him see what he was doing to me and how his behaviour affected and instead I decided to give him a test of his own medicine and cheat back on him. However, I recognise that cheating is not, it's nothing to do with the partner and everything to do with the cheater. Your insecurity, and I had big insecurities at that point, you know, good reason, but still, you know, I chose to stick around. I should have been healing myself and you know I take responsibility of my actions and who I was back then um, I had done everything in my power to try and help my relationship you know I moved back to my hometown because it suggested it you know to get to get help I had lost my sister the same year to cancer and he was with me through all of that he you know was there when I found out he was there at the hospice at the hospital at the funeral you know he was there with my family and we got on really well with my family which should have been the first red flag (laughs) anyone knows my family that should have been the first red flag (laughs) no I I can't um, but, you know, we, to- we were toxic for each other. We had a really intense, really, you know, big relationship. So much happened. You know, we went, went to my foster mum's wedding and they had a month together. I'd never been on holiday with a partner or even met or even introduced any, anyone to my family, to friends, to so that was a big deal, you know, we met my sisters, we met my younger siblings, we met kind of all of that. Um, we had our own apartment together, we roughed it together, you know, we, we went through a lot of shit, a lot of shit, and he pretend that he hates me, all he, all he likes, but he knows as well as I do that you go through stuff like that with people, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter why they're in your life, or how long they're in your life for, but those are people that you don't ever forget, no matter what. Um, and I know that will be the case for us both. However, one of us has too much pride to just bury the hatchet and let the shit go. <laughs> um, it's not me. <laughs> but this is not a not a blame. You know, I know he will listen to this um, because he still likes to keep tabs. I know he will listen to this and even though it's coming from me, you know, you don't like the messenger doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to the message. You You were my first experience somebody that had mental health and they weren't 
fully aware of it. Um, in my opinion, you have he has narcissistic personality disorder, diagnosed, um, and that's from so much research throughout our relationship to try and Google his behaviour and figure out. I had never been in a relationship, so I had nothing to chalk it up to, but I knew it wasn't right. I knew it didn't feel right. Um, I always remember one fateful day. Uh, it was the end of October 2019. Uh, we ended up in a physical location. And it was... I, it was horrific. It was horrific, you know. And I'm sure his account will probably differ from mine. But, you know, he raised his hand first. Now, I've been told by the people that raised me, you don't ever start a fight. And I have never started a fight. Ever. And I never will. You do not start a fight. But if someone starts on you, you better finish it. That's how I've been taught. That's how I. That's just how it is. I will never start it. I'm a peaceful person. I don't. I will not start that shit. But if you're gonna put your hands on me, you're gonna get it back. It's just as simple as that. You know, we've got brothers. <laughs> I've always grown up with boisterous people. It's you know, I always protect myself, and I suppose he would too. Um, but a bit that really stands out is being in the kitchen of our flat um, it was all open for that one a bedroom it was a bottom floor one bedroom flat all kind of open plans in the sitting room in the kitchen um, and he had me in in the kitchen now I'm one seven maybe five foot eight so I'm quite tall and he had me his hands were wrapped around my throat my feet were off the floor now I'm a big girl but he's an even bigger book um, no, this is not to say that, you know, men are stronger than women, this, that's not always the case, but he definitely had the upper hand here. Um, and it's difficult to talk about this, because I've not really spoken about it with anybody, apart from my partner. Um, you know, I, I tried to speak to somebody that I knew had been in a toxic relationship, the first toxic relationship I kind of saw. I tried to speak to her, um, and it was just a kind of, it's not, there should have been more done there, but there wasn't, and I get that, you know, if you're not ready to deal with your own stuff, you're not going to be able to really deal with anybody else's. So I, I get that and I, you know, accept that. But when you have had the, seen the experience of a toxic relationship to what you now learn to be, you know, an abusive relationship, you just thought it was passion as a kid. Um, when you realise how similar that is, and how that kind of mimics out in your life, you know, what you see your parents do is kind of 
what you repeat in situations. Um, you know, he would cheat. And I think that's because he saw that, you know, he, he knew his dad would cheat on his mum. And his mum would, you know, stay as, as this different generation of, you know, deal with it no matter what. And when you see that, and we both saw that as kids, completely separate households, you know, I think a lot of people, we saw a lot of that individually that just led us to have the type of relationship we had together. Um, when that happened, I ended up coming, so we were living in the northwest at the time, and I ended up coming back home to Shropshire for the night, which is where I'm from. Um, I planned to stay for a few days to get away, um, and I ended up going back the very next day. And that breaks my heart that I allowed myself to go through that. You know, I would not allow that again. When you're so deep and so entrenched in abandonment fitness, you will put up with anything. I did. Um, You know, we've, we've had conversations since. I'm always, I, anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I'm no angel, I never proclaim to be, but I'll always be, I will always talk about the stuff that I've done, I've always, someone else, I've always tell, because I've, I've been an honest person in the past, and it has taken me a long time to shake that and realise that I don't need to be that way, you know, it's better to be honest. So that's how I've been living my life. Even when I did, even at the end of the relationship after all of that, you know, we still stayed together months afterwards when we should have been over on that time. You know, we got back together. He gaslighted me to fuck. To fuck. And he can say what he wants to say, but I've spoken to his other exes and they have said the same. I'm just the only one that it's got physical. But it's a pattern, you know. If you can't believe anything else, you follow a pattern. Always follow a pattern. Um, and I don't wish any harm on him. We, you know, we broke my heart years ago. But he also taught me a lot of lessons about life, about love, about myself. More, more so about myself, of how I was. Who I was in a relationship. Um, but when me and my partner met, obviously that happened. We told our partners. Uh, we both split up with them. Um, and then we ended up getting together. Um, we've had a beautiful relationship since. You know, we've gone through our own up and downs. But we have had a beautiful relationship one full of love and support and understanding, which I've never had, and, you know, space to grow, and I always will be thankful to him for that. You know, like I said, I don't wish any harm on anybody that has brought harm to me. You know, there's no use in that. I just hope 
that they heal for themselves, you know, that, that continuously making those decisions becomes and creates a very lonely life and everybody deserves to be loved and understood and I want you to understand people that have narcissistic personality disorder or not, or, you know, narcissistic traits are not inherently bad people. Like I said, the, the, I'm not so sure that there is a good and bad. I'm pretty sure that we are light and dark in the spectrum. You know, your experiences determine where that, where that lands. Um, people that have that are not bad people. They are themselves have trauma. They themselves are hurt. You end up in a pattern. I know other people that have it close to me as well. Um, and once you kind of look at the symptoms and the patterns that emerge in that, it's it's upsetting when you realise there are people that do have that, and it's even more upsetting when you realise like how how common it is and how people you know have that. Um, now you should never just say to people, "Oh, I made that mistake." Unfortunately, I, I told my ex to the face that he was a narcissist and that, that wasn't right, that wasn't for me to do. Like I said, I'm not a professional. Um, I just wanted answers for his behaviour. But just help people, because it's a tough thing to discover that you might have, you know. Help people talk. Be mindful that you know, if you're falling into patterns that you think are going to hurt somebody or you, you enjoy that, take yourself away. Don't be around. Don't be in relationships because it's not fair on the other person. You know, hurt people hurt people. And the problem is the people that are around you and love you and care for you you're only hurting them they get the brunt of it and you don't want to and then you feel shit that you are and then it just spirals and the only way to stop that pattern any patterns any negative patterns that you do have is to do something different to make that difference and it's the hardest the hardest thing is to do it just that once once you've done it that once kind of realise it's not as bad as you realise and if it is that's when you know there's a problem don't feel away about getting help we all need it our mental health is arguably more important than our physical health more important than it entwined can't have one without the other you know it's important so so important but yes, I thought I'd, you know, tell, speak a little bit about relationships and kind of my experience with them. Um, so I've been in two relationships, currently in one, currently in the second one. Um, I, before that, before relationships, I was a swinger from 
the ages of 18 to about 23. Something like that. Yeah, 20, yeah. 22, 23, something like that. I had a wicked old time. Crazy old time. I met some fantastic people. Had some great experiences. Half of them weren't even sexual. You know, just hanging around with great people that you would never usually meet. It's not what people expect. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the Channel 4 documentary on swingers or, you know, something along the lines of voice, something along the lines of that. But my, I can speak about my own experiences and it was... Wow, it was... <laughs> crazy. I'm trying to think of a word to describe it. Um, I was very young and doe-eyed and naive and thought that I was really big bollocks when it came to sex. Um, I decided that older men were for me, that I had no interest in people my own age. So uh, an older friend of mine, I was working in a chocolate shop at the time, <laughs> at the time and an older friend of mine, she was like, late 40s, early 50s, told me about this site called Fab Swingers. Um, and I was like 18, 19 at the time. And she set me up a profile on it, got me on it, and oh my god, it just got barded. <laughs> I didn't even have any pictures up yet, and people were like, oh my god, you're so beautiful. I'm like, what, my, my avatar silhouette? <laughs> You could not see me. Like, it was so blank. And it just showed me how... <laughs> how... Crazy men can do. Even if they can't see you or even know what you look like, as long as they know that you're a woman or they think you're a woman, that they want to get the rocks up, it's crazy to me. <laughs> crazy. But... Um... I had my first meet on there with a, oh, a terrific human being, terrific human being. I am, um, obviously I won't mention, <laughs> mention names, but he was a local to me. Um, he was 37, 38 at the time that I met him. Um, and we had, oh God, we had such a good time. But a lot of the times we sat there, had a snow. Um, watched, I literally watched the news, we both had a thing for uh, Langa Monchette, if anyone knows her, the uh, <laughs> BBC presenter, that she is, I'm sure, half Indian, half Mauritian, she's got short hair, she, oh god, she's stunning, stunning, absolutely stunning, and someone that had really short hair at the time, it was like, mad to see somebody that, you know, so that was we had a great time. Um, that was a really great experience, you know, a way to dip your toe in the pool. Um, I had really great experiences and some not so great. Some not so great. Uh, at the time though, I was like 17 stone, 18 stone, I was a big girl. I'm now, for, for context, I'm currently about 12, I'm going to say about 12 stone, just over 12 stone, 
So I've dropped a lot in the last few games. And so was the girl. But getting out there and what I thought was sexually liberating helped, weirdly helped build my confidence. I decided that I would, I wanted to try a club. So I decided to move to Manchester when I was 19. Um, I've, I'd only been once before with a friend to a concert, to a disclosure concert, and just fell in love with the place. The accent, the people, just, it was a private home. It was the only place that I'd been to, apart from the Shetland Islands, that kind of felt like home to me. And I just decided that I was going to move up, so I did. And I got a job as a, like a case handler in a law firm. And the second day that I was up, the second or the third day, I'm sure it was like I, the first day that I was at my new job the night I decided to go walk into Manchester City Centre, having never done it before, <laughs> and decided to go to a club called Amores. Um, I was even wearing matching underwear, I was <laughs> something I'd sat. Still a kind of in my work gear. Um oh god I had the best time. The best time. It was crazy, it was a crazy experience. For a, for a 19 year old that had never really done anything like that, I decided to go by myself and see what it was like. And I, um, I can't quite go into the details because I know some, some loved ones listen to this. And I, uh, I don't want to make you cringe. <laughs> want to have you cringing but it was fun <laughs> it was very fun we um, ended up meeting some great people there ended up making friends of them i ended up staying the night and going to work uh about an hour after i got in um and i ended up going four or five times a week by myself and it was oh god it was great it was great. It really built my confidence. It was great for people, and I felt I didn't feel judged. In my hometown, I felt nothing but judged. It didn't matter if I didn't do anything; I'd have still been judged because I've got siblings that people know, not for the best reasons. Some for good reasons, not great reasons. Um, just it's a very small town, and small town. So, I didn't get judged, people didn't care, they just wanted to get to know me and it was, oh god, it was lovely. I met some of the most wonderful people. I actually met a very, very, very good friend of mine at that same club, uh, about the fourth time I'd had maybe, and we are still the greatest of friends to this day. Um, we got on like a house on fire. He was there with two other guys, one of one of whom is a father now, and he's awesome. The most intelligent man you've ever met. Um, fantastic. We all just had a really great time, really great laughs. I've always kind of, I get on with pretty much everybody, but I've always kind of got on with guys a lot better. So I'm 
boisterous myself. <laughs> I'm, I think like a man sometimes. You know, I, I just kind of have that. I have a lot of testosterone <laughs> in my body, naturally. Um, I have polycystic ovaries, so I have an influx of it. So sometimes I can get a bit hairy, spotty. Um, that unfortunately comes along with the PCOS, so I like to call it PCOS. I didn't make that up. That's been <laughs> that's been known for a long time. Um, you have to also get used to me starting stories in the middle of it, talking about something else, and then trying to remember where I was. So, um, yeah. So obviously that's where I met a really good friend of mine who I ended up actually moving in with a few years later. Um, we've had many, many memories, many great, great, fantastic times. A lot of crazy times. A lot of crazy times. Um, but he's an angel. He's a little angel. He's a big angel. He's a big angel. Um, but I met some fantastic people during that time. Different clubs, different scenes, parties. Um, it just did massive wonders for my confidence because I just realised that if I didn't chuck myself in at the deep end, I was never going to learn to swim in life. So I decided to really chuck myself in at the deep end. And it turned out that, you know, I was like an otter. <laughs> I am aquatic, motherfuckers. Um, yeah, I just, I had a really great time. It also, you know, in some great times, I also had some terrible times as well. I met some not great people, uh, but lessons, lessons and blessings. That's how I try and focus on. All the people that I met that are no longer in my life have taught me their lessons. All the people that I have met that are in my life still are in my life. the same friend body that comes into my life from here now on. You know, it's blessings and blessings. But it's just it was a crazy old time. A crazy old time. So when I landed in the north when I came back from Manchester and then went back to the northwest, just a little town outside of Manchester. I moved in with my friends. Um, it was, I loved it and I forever loved that time. Forever loved that time. Um, and that's obviously where I met <clears throat> my first partner. You know, I am a big firm believer in everything happening for a reason. If you think about your life and the decisions that you make, the situations that you're in, everything that leads to where you're at, who you are, they all have a funny way of being linked. Just in my own opinion, from looking at my own life, it's, you know, you make the decisions, you meet the people you meet, all for a reason. And I don't regret any of it, because I wouldn't know what I know, and I wouldn't be who I was if I didn't go through that, if I didn't meet those people, if, you know, and I don't know who I'd be if I didn't 
I don't think we'll ever know. That's the whole point of like <laughs> multiverses, isn't it? There's always someone just slightly different. If anyone remembers the film Sliding Doors, um, you know, it's the split se- split second decisions that can make such a big difference. And it's, it's honestly about doing what's best for you. Which is not always the easiest, is it? You know, it's something that we all struggle with. We're always told that you've got to work, 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 be busy all the time, be doing this, be doing that. Instead, sometimes you have just got to be still and think about everything. Not in an overthinking, overbearing way, but of a processing way, helping to, you know, process everything that happens that might, you know, pop into your life. It's about giving time to just go, okay, I need to actually go through this so it doesn't leak onto everything else and it doesn't need to stay longer than it needs to. You know, we're all guilty of it, aren't we? We're all trying to help fix everybody else because it's easier to fix others than it is to fix ourselves and to look inwards. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. You know, I'm trying to reflect. I'm attempting to get trade of electrical engineering. Have a trade to just have for the rest of my life, really. So when I am ready to do therapy, I can do it at my leisure because I've already got a trade. Um, I'm 26 now, so by the time that I finish, I'll be 30, in my 30s. And I honestly don't care about the time. I have spent so much of my life, you know, wishing for it to be different. And I'm ready to make it different, to give myself different, to give the people that have helped and support me different because not only do they deserve the best version but the world does as well the world deserves the best version of everybody you know we can't we can't possibly be where we need to be if we're not if we're not willing to do the hard work do the messy mucky work of healing and fixing any traumas that we have you know it's not a Rome wasn't built in a day, it's not an overnight solution, it will take time, but it's showing up and giving that time each time that will help bring that process along. You know, I it might sound like I'm just rambling, I probably am. I don't plan any of these, I just speak from my, from my mind, it's all um, improv, I guess you would say. <laughs> You know, there's no plan. I don't, I don't like to plan these things. I always just want to be real with all of you. You know, this, this is like a verbal diary for me. Um, and I hope that you guys will stick with and carry on listening. Um, and thank you so much to all of you that have messaged me and seen me in person and told me that you watch the and you've listened to the podcast that honestly that's such a beautiful thing to know that there are people like that that listen that are under are just willing to listen and understand is is beautiful and i am so appreciative of it 
genuinely. Um, I will keep doing these. I don't want to give you a date as to when I will drop them because I want to be able to stick to that. I'm no good at setting the deadlines, which is uh, something I've tried to work on. <laughs> no good with time. No good with time. I live a lot in my head. So I'm no good with time. I need a clock in there. <laughs> I need a clock in my brain so I can always keep track of the time even when I'm lost in thought. Um, but I will get these out, you know, as soon as possible, as, as soon as I can. I, I have been thinking about also doing a video podcast um, on YouTube. I am just waiting to get some equipment, some you know, like a microphone. If any of you have a spare microphone and knocking about, do let me know. Happily pick it up from you, grab it from me, and buy it from me. Um, I'd rather do that than, you know, buy a new one. So, yeah, let me know. Again, thank you so much for listening, guys and gals, dolls, everybody, folks. It's been amazing. I'm very cathartic, so I appreciate it. And if I can ask you one thing, it would be try meditating. Maybe as you fall asleep, you know, as you're in bed, um, just take a deep breath. You know, something like that, take a deep breath. And if you fall asleep, you fall asleep, you're doing it right, don't worry. You're relaxed, your mind is silent. It does help. Trust me. I'm not a doctor, but I only ever speak from my own personal experience. Again, thanks for listening, guys. And if you like it, no no matter where you're listening, please do rate it, like it, share it, follow it. And uh, I'll see you next time. Till then, have a great week. And remember the positives.